You're with Jacinta Parsons on ABC Radio Melbourne. We're talking about fridge organisation and in a moment, in this half hour, we're going to uncover this new revelation that potatoes can be put in the fridge. This is the stuff we do on this program. Marg says, who's actually got space for fridge for spuds in the fridge and she says i wrap my lettuce and paper towel then into a plastic potato bag with holes so it breathes i'm imagining then it stays very fresh 20 minutes to one o'clock i don't know if you're our next guest knows much about the freshness of lettuce or whether potatoes should be in the fridge but he knows a lot in the world of neurology and beyond he's been working at the royal melbourne hospital in service, I would say. Working sounds too casual. In service at the Royal Melbourne Hospital for 50 years. And uh, today, Royal Melbourne Hospital celebrates 175 years. They're unveiling a historical time capsule. But the Professor of Neurology, uh, Steve Davis, joins us in the studio. Hi, Steve. Hi, Jacinda. Wow. Does it, how does it feel... I mean, time is such a strange old thing, isn't it? I bet you feel like that registrar that kicked off 50 years ago. It was like yesterday, I have to say. It it, it does go very, very fast. But the changes in medicine yeah. have been absolutely amazing over that period of time. I can't imagine what that is like to see on that coal face of human survival and life yeah. that we yeah. see these transitions. What's beautiful, as we mentioned, this time capsule, uh, which was first put something in there, I think, around 1846. Yep, yep, that's right. It's, so 175 years ago, um, they put some coins in there, of, I guess the British realm, uh, all featuring Queen Victoria. That is so interesting. Queen Victoria the first. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then again, they so they've been opening it up in, uh, I think, random intervals. Yes. But significant ones, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 1941, 1984 and 2010. Yeah. And this year, of course, 2023, we add something to it. What, what has been placed in that capsule over yeah. that time? So just really memorabilia. So in 1941 which was the sort of opening of the new hospital, as it was then, right. in Parkville. And then it was occupied by the American Army for its medical Southern Pacific base in World War II. Uh, worth remembering that Eleanor Roosevelt visited the Royal Melbourne Hospital in the early 1940s. So what was put in, again, was coins, uh, foundation, uh, annual reports, a brief history, architectural plans, of the hospital that was in 1941 and then in 1984 there was more documentation of the fourth general hospital of the united states army which occupied the whole of the parkville site for about three years and uh, treated you know it was a much many more beds than there are now they were even on on the balconies of the hospital wow. so wounded soldiers and then in 2010, there were, you know, things like staff satisfaction surveys and <laughs> more coins, now Australian coins. Um, and in fact, there was a uh, congratulatory letter from uh, George W. Bush in 2008, again, remembering the contribution of the Royal Melbourne to, to the American uh, services in the Second World War. This is a slightly strange question to ask a professor of neurology, but um, how well have those uh, um, artefacts 
been kept? Are, are they all intact? They are. No, they are. What, we, we what were, is the actual vessel? It's like a metal canister. Wow. There, there was an old, fairly small one that survived, and uh, there's a much larger one uh, put in today, and we put some kind of current objects in. I can't wait to hear what you've put in. Yeah. But but in terms of how it's um, it, it, it's kept very well. It's kept very well, remarkably. So... Um, you could probably do your own um, special time capsule for the amount of time that you've yeah. spent at that hospital. That would be personal, I'm sure. What in 2023 was deemed representative? Yeah. I can talk. Um, there, there were quite a number of objects put in. But, for example, from my area, which is stroke medicine in particular, we put in one of these devices that pull clots out of the brain arteries, clot retrieval device. That sounds like something from the 18th century. Well, it's uh, they're very it's modern, modern devices, and uh, the most strokes are caused by blocked blocked blood vessels, by blood clots that come up to the brain, often from the heart or the large arteries. Pulling the clot out restores the blood flow and the oxygen to the brain. The earlier you do it, the better the outcome. That's so tell me, dramatic. so tell me about that. I mean, that sounds um, it sounds like something we would have done in the 18th century, <laughs> but obviously it's not. What is the technology that's being used, or well, the insight now yeah. that we have into stroke management? Yeah. Well, very briefly, when I was an intern 50 years ago, hello, there was zero treatment for stroke. None. Mm. You put them in a bed. They didn't do very well. They often got pneumonia. It was, uh, and they weren't, there wasn't a great deal of interest. Now we have a whole range of interventions. Uh, pulling clots out of arteries has only been confirmed in critical trials in 2015. Wow. Of which the Royal Melbourne, led by Bruce Campbell and Peter Mitchell, uh, performed one of these trials, which completely changed the face of treatment. So that people often will come into hospital densely weak down one side of the body, perhaps loss of speech, clots pulled out of the artery. In many cases, they walk out of hospital days later. Unbelievable, isn't it? unbelievable, yeah. Um, just on a personal level, because we don't often get a chance yeah. to speak to people like you who have been in this hospital system and working the way you have for such mm. a long time. What is it like when treatments change as they do over the years and you've, yeah. you have to go in now and you've got to yeah. go and perform something that perhaps you're doing for the first time? Yeah. Are you, is, it a, is it constant learning? Constant learning, mm. constant change. So it's, it's the kind of uh, constellation of clinical care, which is the most important thing. It is. Teaching and research. And the Royal Melbourne Hospital has been at the forefront of all of those three pillars of care for now 175 years. So it is very exciting. Of course, there are no ashtrays by the beds, which there oh. were 50 years ago. <laughs> Did you have a little cigarette hanging out your lips oh, as well? I declined to respond to that. <laughs> <laughs> very smart, very smart. But uh, there were bacon and eggs for breakfast. I remember the patients oh, having. Bring that back. And uh, I remember occasionally agitated patients, the nurse in charge would recommend a little hospital brandy. So Bring that back too, can I say. <laughs> There's a few things from the old days that might really work. Yeah. Very different. Very, very different. And now it's, you know, you've got this multidisciplinary care, mm. nurses, doctors, allied health all working together. But I think that the care for patients and the ethos of care has remained a constant. You just want the best for the patients. I was going to say that. There would be fundamentals to the work that you do in the service that yeah. it is um, that have remained the same. We see that. We talk to nurses a lot about that, but yeah. um, doctors as well. There, there has been an evolution and, and a revolution, I suppose, in terms of that bedside uh, manner, as we the, would have described it. 
the bedside manner is very, very important. Mm. Talking to people, understanding what their wishes are, particularly in difficult situations like end-of-life care, uh, involving the patient as the key decision-maker and their family, very, very important. And I think we've learnt much more about that. We're in a much better place now than we were 50 years ago when I entered the system. And... uh, yeah, look, it, medicine's a whole lot better now. We don't have all the answers, but gosh, the changes have been just dramatic. A question without any notice, yeah. putting you totally on the spot, but you're a smart okay. man. We'll just reach in. If you were to put something in this, um, this, uh, what do, I keep figuring the word Time for, capsule. Time yeah, capsule. Yeah. I don't know why that slipped my mind. Yeah. Am I having any issues here right I now? I don't think so. You can't diagnose <laughs> me. Um, what, from your career, your experience of your practice in medicine, what would you put in there? Well, what we did put in there was this clot retrieval yeah. device. And what you said, this sounds kind of almost old fashioned, but I'm sure. The next time capsule, let's say in 50 years' yeah. time, I think it'll be, they'll think, my God, you know, what, you, do you really pull clots out of arteries with this? <laughs> this was cutting edge. It'll be nanotechnology, it'll robots, be robots. It'll be robots, thought controlled. It'll be completely thought different. Thought controlled. Um, are, you, are you sort of excited about that future or yes. apprehensive? No, I'm very excited. I think artificial intelligence uh, and using technology as it evolves is incredibly exciting. Um, I think treatments to prevent diseases, treatment to monitor health, uh, treatments to forestall ageing are all going to be unbelievably important. We're going to see dramatic changes in the next 50 years. I mean, life expectancy in Australia has been going up three months every year since the beginning of the last century. It's a funny thing, isn't it? Because whilst that's our, that's almost the aim of medicine is that health and longevity through the ages. But boy, oh boy, we can't sustain this level of now that we're, you know, our life expectancy is much longer. Yeah. Well, I think we all want to live with quality of life. We don't want to just live longer. We want to live healthy, productive lives. And that's the aim to minimise disability. And uh, again, the changes have just been incredible. So the other, you know, look, if we think about some of the changes in m- my area, mm. the Melbourne Mobile Stroke Unit, the stroke ambulance that treats patients outside their home, scanner in the ambulance, we're uh, working, we have a, 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 an organisation called the Australian Stroke Alliance, which I work with my colleague Jeff Donnan. We're trying to develop very lightweight brain imaging devices with Australian companies that weigh really very small uh, amounts in terms of kilograms that can go into aeroplanes and allow stroke treatment in uh, distant parts of Australia, rural and remote regions. So these are the sort of changes that we're envisaging in the not-too-distant future. I would say 50 years well spent, my friend. Look, to be honest, for me, it's been a privilege to work at the hospital, uh, to be allowed to look after people, which is my main interest, and to teach and to be involved in research and uh, don't want to leave. Don't want to leave. Well, I'm I'm going to put a recommendation in that you don't. Perhaps this interview should go into the time capsule where you and I are looking forward to the 50 years and to see how close we are to some of the uh, suggestions that you've made for what might be entered into it. Let's wait and see. But I think the future is, is very exciting and the bottom line is if we can provide care for the people of Melbourne. That's that's our major aim. Well, thank, 
thank goodness for people like you, Professor Steve Davis. Really wonderful to meet you and thank you for sharing with us a huge celebration for the hospital, but also for you reflecting on, I mean, I'm sure everyone in the hospital is doing it in their own way, yeah. looking over that span of time and what uh, this has meant to them. The time capsule is uh, putting in the, the stroke retrieval I'm just imagining Clock a... retrieval device. <laughs> Not stroke retrieval. <laughs> Clock retrieval device. Yeah. Brand new technology. Sounds like I could have come up with that, you know, a little while. No. Why not? Yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> Thank you very much, Pleasure. Professor Steve Davis, joining in there, Professor of Neurology um, at the Royal Melbourne Hospital. They're celebrating 175 years, and he himself, 50 years of service at that hospital. Coming up in a moment, we're going to find out potatoes in the fridge. We'll talk uh, to a potato expert in just a moment. Aussie kids once rode their bikes.